friends, welcome to the Mini Dairy Goat Podcast, all things miniature dairy goat. Not too big, not too small, just right. I'm your host, Carrie O'Neill. Join me as I guide you through the enchanting and addicting world of miniature dairy goats. All right, welcome everyone to our first series of the Texas Mini Milker Education Series. Uh, in conjunction with the Mini Dairy Goat podcast. We are so excited to be bringing you this wonderful education event tonight. Uh, But just hold on, because this is going to be a continuous series that we're going to at least try to have one every quarter, if not more, um, to really bring out and educate everyone on a variety of topics related to miniature dairy goats. So we appreciate everyone being here tonight, and I am so happy to introduce uh, the next moderator uh, for our event tonight, which is our education chair of the Texas Mini Milkers, and her name is Michelle Taub. I'll let you take it over, Michelle. All right. Thank you. Um, Good evening, members. I'm Michelle Taub. Um, I'm the education chairperson for our club, the Texas Mini Milkers, and I'm really, really excited for this class, as well as the other classes that I'm going to be working on putting together for our club. So I'm an educator by trade. I teach high school in Houston. Um, So this is very, you know, near and dear my heart. Let's see here. Sorry, guys, I have a little issue here. But um, yeah, we're going to um, just get started, and I want to introduce uh, Cassandra Baldovinos. Uh, She's going to be up first. Uh, Cassandra, can you please tell us about yourself, your your farm, your goals, and um, what what you do with the MDGA? Hi, guys. I'm Cassandra Baldovinos. I'm really excited to do this and share some of my passion for milk testing. Um, I have been raising many Nubians and Nubians for the past six years. Um, We live out in the middle of nowhere in East Texas. Uh, I have six children and we kind of got into goats by wanting to to have milk for ourselves, cheese, all all the fun things and be a little more self-sustainable. Um, and I ended up buying a trio of mini Nubians that were unregistered and kind of fell in love with, with them after researching and learning about all these, all the milk stuff and whatnot. And, uh, it just kind of took off from there. And, uh, I, I don't remember the year we started Hill Country Mini Milkers, but I started on with the group when they um, were first created, and now we're Texas Mini Milkers, and I'm involved wherever I can be involved. Um, I help with the calendar, some of the graphics and such, wherever Carrie needs my help. (laughs) Um, And I'm also, as of this last year, have become the milk coordinator for MDGA, and I'm on the board of directors as well. Um, and that's, that's where I am. So, um, we are going to start with getting started with milk testing from the MDGA side. Uh, we'll go over a little of how 
how to sign up, what to do, where to send everything, because that can be a little confusing for new people. Uh, Carrie, if you will go to the next slide. So the first thing we like at MDGA for you to do is to start signing up with your lab first. Um, when you send your stuff to MGA, MDGA, it's easier on our end if you have all of your paperwork, your certifications, and your lab set up. Uh, you need to start with securing a lab. We do have a list of labs on our website. We're working on updating that a little more as well for you. You do not have to choose a lab that is local to you, but there are several that are local and are really good. You need to find the one that fits your situation best. Um, there's different prices, there's different regulations, different rules in place. So kind of fill out which one works for you and stick with that lab. Um, I did find out recently, not all labs will certify you with, if you're using a different lab, they may not certify you as a tester. So you need to find out all, these, all this information beforehand when you're working with a particular lab. Um, your next step is to get certified as a tester. If you're on any plan other than standard, you yourself as an owner will need to be tested. Uh, take the tester test. Um, if you are on standard, you you have a tester come to you, so you will not you will not need that. The next step you need to do is to find and certify if you need a tester for your standard plan, or on any other plan you have verification tests. So you will need a separate person to come out and test for you. Uh, this can be your neighbor, a friend, another breeder. Um, you can even use an AGA tester already. They do not have to be affiliated with MDGA as long as they are, have taken the certification test, you are allowed to use them. Uh, there is um, some, uh, I don't wanna say myths, there's some talks of what financial interest is. MDGA does not determine what, uh, what, a person, what kind of financial interest a person has in your herd. Each lab will have, uh, they have their own rules of what, what determines financial interest. Some will tell you, you cannot own a goat that is in another herd, or you cannot have bred another goat that's in another herd. Some are okay with that. So that's something you need to check with your own lab. After you've gotten your tester certification and your your verification testers certified, you need to get a scale, which we do have a list on the website, which is going to be updated as well. If you go to the National DHI website, they have a list of all the approved scales. Um, you choose your scale. It can be a digital hanging. It can be a non-digital. Um, I believe there are some that uh, are a countertop scale. You have to send that to your lab. Your lab will calibrate it, certify it. They'll put a sticker on it. It is good for one year. And then you will send that a picture of that certification to MBGA. Um, so that's the main three things that you need to do once you, once you start. Um, when you've signed up with your lab, your lab will take care of sending you your testing vials, all your paperwork, and they'll generally help you figure, uh, explain how to fill out all of your paperwork.
So after that, you go then to the MDJ site to sign up. If you will switch that, please, Carrie. Um, so the next step is you sign up with your registry, um, which will be MDG, MDGA. Um, this allows your results of your milk test to be recorded. It allows you to earn milk stars to be on the top 10 list. Um, so what you're going to do first, and we'll walk through how to fill out the application and what each of these things mean, is you're going to choose what type of test you're performing. Are you doing a one-day test or a 305-day test? A one-day test is a single test. It's just like a snapshot of this one point in your dose lactation. You don't have to do anything beyond that one day. You can do multiple one-day tests if you would like, but it is simply just one test. If you do 305, you are testing an average of once a month for about 10 months out of the year. Um, MDGA does not require you to test the full 305 days, but it is encouraged because the more you test, the more information you're going to get about your dose lactation and uh, how to use that in your herd. Uh, from there, you'll download the appropriate application. We have one for each of them. Um, MDGA gives you a PDF fillable one, so you don't have to sit there and hand write it in. You can just fill it out through Acrobat. Uh, you go and pay your test fees through the MDGA website. Uh, one day tests have a, a test fee and then they have a per dough fee. So that one has two different fees. Your 305 day, you have one fee based on the amount of doughs you are testing that year. Uh, once you are, have done that, you will email the milk committee and you will submit your application, your uh, both your certifications for testers and your scale certification. Um, once you do that and we receive it, it takes um, about roughly two weeks and we will send you back. Uh, if you're doing one day test, you'll have a permit, which you're good to go on testing. Or if you're doing 305, you get your verification sheet back. And that's the sheet that you will use for your verification test. And from there, then you are ready to actually perform your tests. Um, here we're going to go over the test plans a bit because those are a little confusing sometimes for people. Um, our two most common ones are standard and owner sampler. With standard, you're going to have your tester come out every month. They are going to be the ones that are performing your, your tests and taking your samples. Um, you do not need a verification test for that one, but you do need to fill out the verification form with the heights and you can send that anytime during your uh, lactation. Uh, owner sampler, you will be the one that weighs and samples your milk every testing. Um, you must be certified as a tester for that. And then you need a separate person to come out uh, at least once during your lactation to do a verification test. And you will do that when most of your herd is between 60 to 150 days fresh. Um, These two, with these two, the only difference is that in standard, you have someone coming out every month and owner sampler, you are the one doing it and you have someone come out once one time during the year, unless you are required to do a repeat verification. Um, group is another one where 
uh, if you have three or more friends or herds that want to test together, you can all go in as a group and you all test each other's herds so that um, you have someone alternating for each herd. Uh, verification test is required for that as well. Every other month, uh, you are a tester as well as a tester that comes out. You will take turns each month testing. So one month you will test, the next month your, your tester will come out and test for you. And you will alternate that through, the, through your um, lactation cycle. And AM, PM, very similar to every other month. In the, let's say one month in the morning, your tester comes out, you test in the evening, you swap that the next month. Your tester comes in the morning, you test in the evening. Um, we really don't get, uh, we've had group testing, but we usually have a lot of standard and over sampler. So um, we don't really have anybody that's done EOM or AMPM. So here's a printout of our application. Um, it's very important to make sure that everything is filled out. If you look at the top with the red type, you need to make sure you put your, your name, your supervisor's name. So if you're on standard, it would be that the person that's coming to test. If you are on owner sampler, that's where you put your verification tester's name. Your lab would be the DHIA lab that you're using. And test plan, you need to put, um, that gets left off a lot on, on these uh, applications, but you need to put whether you're doing standard owner sampler group, et cetera. Uh, make sure you have the date you filled out, all of your contact information and your MBGA number. If you bump down to the blue type, um, each section you need to put the registered, full register name of your doe and the barn name. The barn name is simply what you call your doe, her registration, her date of birth, and then all the sire and dam information on there. And you just repeat that for however many does you have. If you have more does, we have a longer application. And the one day test is very similar to that one. Um, the only difference is you have a fresh date that you need to add on there. Um, our one day test, as I said, is a snapshot of a moment in your dose lactation. These tests are good for someone who just wants to get a star or wants to see components such as butter fat or protein, what they, what they put out. Um, or you just don't have the time or money or to commit to monthly testing or to have someone come out for you. Uh, on a one day test, stars are based on a point system. So a doe must earn a minimum of 70 points to earn a star. Your points, there is a calculation based on the days of milk that she is in, her production pounds and her butterfat pounds. And then that is calculated. And if you earn 70 points or above, your doe will earn a star. Um, your one day test requires three milk outs, 12 hours apart. Uh, only the last two milk outs count toward your test. So your first milk out, which is usually the evening before, is basically sets the clock. It zeroes her out. 12 hours later, you will milk in the morning. You will take samples and you will write down your weights. Then 12 hours later, you repeat that. Um, one day tests you can take anytime in their lactation but you need to keep in mind uh, peak lactation, which is usually around three months. Um, 
and they, and then also the days of milk can affect your score. So you kind of have to balance. Most one day tests we see are around the three to four month mark. Um, once you have finished your test, you take a picture of your filled out sheet and you send that by email to MDGA within 48 hours of your test. Your lab then sends us the test results when they finish, when they get the results done, they will email us a copy. Then we will process the results and it, it usually takes about a week, but we give it about two weeks just in case. And once we process it, we will email you if we will email you results, whether you've earned a star or not. And if you earned a star, you will receive certificates for your does. So the 305 day test, as we said, is a monthly test over the course of 10 months. This is perfect for those who wanna see their doe's lactation and how she performs over the course of that 10 month period. Um, you are not required to complete the full 305 days, but it is encouraged to because if you just simply do enough to get to a star, you're not utilizing that program because you're not getting all of, all of these months of data coming in. And sometimes things happen when we have a doe that gets sick or mastitis and we have to dry up early and, and these things happen. But if you can do the full 305, it's encouraged because you can get a lot of information each month and see, you know, how does she go, does she peak at three months and then quickly drop off or does she, does she peak? And then she has a slow, slow, uh, steady rate till the end of her lactation, all things like this, it gives you a lot of good information. Plus you get to have at the end of the year, the uh, total amount she makes. So, you know, you have a dose, she makes 1600 pounds and that gives you a good information or good information on how, how much milk your dough produces. <clears throat> there is a minimum of five tests that need to be performed to earn your dough star on this plan. Um, you will be testing on an average of 30 to 45 days apart. You have a minimum of 15 days. Anything less than 15 days is considered retest, but average tests are usually anywhere between 30 and 45. Your first test should ideally be taken by 30 to 45 days after freshening, but per MDGA rules, you have up until 90 days fresh to get your first test done. Do you want to get that early information in though? Um, if you've waited three months to get it in, you, you kind of lack that early lactation information and that's, that's kind of vital to some of your, to, to understanding her lactation. Um, you do have a verification test unless you are on standard plan. And a verification test is similar to the one day you require, we require three milk outs and you have to have a separate supervisor come supervise your verification test. Um, it should be done when the majority of your herd is 60 to 150 days fresh. Um, I know a lot of people think that everybody has to be in that window of time, but it is the majority of your herd needs to be in that time frame. Um, just like the one day, you will email a copy of your verification sheet filled out to MDGA within 48 hours of your test. Um, it is very important to make sure that all of your information has been filled out on that test sheet, uh, including heights. We get a lot that are missing heights. Um, 
when your dough has been marked dry by your lab at the end of the year, you're gonna send your dry dough page to MDJ within 30 days. Um, there will be a sheet they will give you. It has your dough's name on the top. That is all her lactation information on that sheet. That is what you will send. You just take a picture or send the PDF through email. You don't have to mail it in um, within 30 days. And then once we get that, we process your dose results within two weeks and you will receive an email with her results. And if she received the star, you will get your certificates. <clears throat> so stars and awards, um, this is what you get. This is the fun stuff that you get when, uh, when you meet these requirements. So to earn a star with a one day test, your dough must earn 70 points or above and she will receive a star P, which signifies one star on her certificate. And she will also, it will say ST, you'll, you'll see on the certificates, it'll say like ST 2022, meaning she earned a one day star in 2022. If you do subsequent one, subsequent tests in future years, and she continues to earn, she will have it for each year she earned. Um, for a 305, your dough must meet the minimum requirements. On our, in our three, 305 packet, you will see a sheet. It will tell you by age how many, how, much, how many pounds of milk and how many pounds of butter fat your dough needs to meet in order to receive her star. She also needs to have five tests on file. Once that happens, if, if all those are met, she will receive a star P and it will show AR in the year for advanced registry um, for each year that she's earned. Uh, if your dough has a dam that already has a star, she already has a star P, your dough will then become the next in line. So if your her dam is a one star, or just a star P, she will be a two star P. If the dam is a six star P, then your, your dough will be a seven star. Um, this, is, this includes all foundation animals. So all the standard breeds, all the Nigerians, their, their star lines count in your dough's lines. And that's a new thing that MDGA has approved. Um, and your bucklings can inherit a star B if both of their parents have a star. So if your doe earned her star and his sire, the buckling sire has a star B, then your that buckling will be a star B. Um, bucks also can earn plus or plus plus B based on progeny earned stars. So if you have daughters earning stars, your bucks can earn a plus B. Um, you can see the website that goes into more detail on what's required for earning stars. Um, Additionally, any animals on test, whether 305 or one day, are all eligible for the top 10 lists that we get do yearly. Um, it's, it's a fun recognition tool for your, for your herds, and it's, it's a lot of fun bragging rights and such. You can also look at these past top 10 lists and you can kind of see these animals and herds that are putting out production and kind of when you're looking for new animals and such. And lastly, how to utilize your data. Um, earning stars is a fun thing and it's important, but um, it's not the only thing to milk testing. 
Um, you can get a lot of information from, like I said, about learning how your dough performs over a full lactation. You can see if your doughs are meeting your goals for your herd, are they milking the, the amount that you want to milk? Are they, you know, milking a full lactation or are they kind of, do they kind of peter out early on? Are they, can they do extended lactations? All these things that you have for your herd, you can look at the, at their past lactations and see if this is meeting your goals, as well as their progeny. Are their sons and daughters improving over them and gaining more, you know, becoming closer to the goals that you have? Or are you losing production based on certain breedings? Um, you, you can do 305 over and over on the same dough. Many people sign up their dough and do multiple lactations of 305 to get, you know, steady information because from one year to the next can be different and it can be different based on how many kids they have or your feed that year. Um, you can see how these things affect their production. Um, I mean, you, you also get you know, you, you find out their butter fat, you find out their protein. There is MUN, which has to do with feed conversion. If you're feeding too much protein or too little protein, um, you have the somatic cell count, which can, you know, give you little hints if something's wrong, you know, they may have some subclinical mastitis or something might be affecting them and you can address that. So there's a lot of great information from milk tests that you don't, that's not just about STARS. So, and anytime you have questions, uh, D Daniels is our milk, milk chair. And either one of us are always happy to chat on the phone or, you know, go, chat over email and help you in getting set up and, you know, getting started to milk testing. Well, well, thank you, Cassandra. Uh, we're going to hold questions until um, after the presentation is completely over. Um, <clears throat> so Beth Clayton, um, she's the general manager of Texas DHIA. She is going to speak next. Um, I know that she will probably repeat some of the stuff uh, Cassandra talked about, but, you know, I, I like repetition. It helps me learn better. So, uh, Beth, you're up next. Can you please tell us about yourself? and um, and everything that you do. Yes, hello everybody. I saw some familiar names, so it's nice to kind of somewhat meet you guys. <laughs> At least you get to see my face even if I can't see yours. Um, I am the general manager of Texas DHIA. I've worked here for 11 years now. I started out as a lab manager and I've been general manager for about four years now. Um, and I am going to share with you guys some information. Just wanna make sure before I get started, you guys can see my screen. Can I get a thumbs up, Carrie? Yeah, okay, cool. Start my slideshow here. So a lot of people wanna know what, what is DHIA. So I'm just gonna go over what our company does in general. So DHIA is it's a national association. There are DHIAs all over North America, in fact, not just the United States. Um, and it's a program that helps dairy producers create and manage records um, and data about their cows. 
for making herd management decisions. So DHIA actually stands for Dairy Herd Improvement Association. So our job is to help you improve your dairy herd, even if it's goats. The, uh, the associations were originally established by states and over time they've, uh, they have consolidated to regional, uh, regional areas. So right now, like Texas, we cover Oklahoma, New Mexico. There are a lot of other DHIAs that cover chunks of the United States. And so it's not just a state thing anymore. Um, we all operate under the national DHIA rules and their uniform operating procedures and their auditing processes. So here's a little bit about what we do. Um, so our goal is to provide our dairy producers with the most accurate data to help them make herd management decisions for their dairy. So it starts on the farm. Now, and I'm going to go over this, and this isn't this isn't really based on goats. This is our the chunk of our business is for cows. So please forgive me. I mean, it's still the same idea for goats, but I do want to just be upfront and just tell you exactly what we're doing. So we it starts on the farm. And one of our certified field technicians would collect a milk weight. And this photo here is what's called a milk meter. It measures production in the cow, um, just like your scales will measure production in your goats. Um, and then a sample is taken for each cow. The samples are delivered to one of our laboratories. We have two laboratories. We have one in Canyon, Texas, in the north part of the state. And then we have one in Stephenville, Texas, which is in the central part of the state. The samples are analyzed for components. Um, the data is matched back to the cow, and then the lab sends the data results and reports to producers. The data is then sent off if the farm uh, chooses to process their records, and we'll get into more of that later. Um, the data is cleaned and sent back to the producers um, with their farm management software. Special reports are mailed to customers. And then the DRPC from there, the DRPC stands for uh, Dairy Record Processing Center. Um, they send that data over to the Council on Dairy Cattle Breeding. And from the, the CDCB, breed associations and sire, service sire associations can access those records. So now I'm going to show you... Um, a bit of what the data flow is like, because this can be really confusing, especially to someone who's new and you're like, I don't understand what's happening with my data. Where is it going? So let me explain. First, it's going to start on your dairy. You're going to collect milk weights for your does. You're going to collect a sample. Then you're going to send it over to our lab. From there, the lab is going to analyze the data, match the sample back up to the dough, and we're going to send you, the producer, back your reports. Um, we will also send your data at the same time over to the DRBC, the Dairy Record Processing Company. And uh, that data then, they also create reports, just like I mentioned in the previous slide, and they will send those reports directly back to you. A lot of you, I see some of you that are customers of mine. And so like you will get in the mail a packet and it'll be your reports. A lot of them are dough pages that you'll get or your barn sheet for your next test. Those all come from your DRPC. From the DRPC, they're going to send that data back over to the CDCB 
<clears throat> and then from the CDCB, ADGA and MDGA can access your records from there. They can pull down, they have access to be able to pull down records from there, which is pretty cool. So there are four major record dairy record processing companies in the United States. They are Amelicor, which is in Provo, Utah. Agritech, which is in California. AgSource is up in Wisconsin. And Dairy Records Management Systems, also known as DRMS, is over in North Carolina. So DRMS, if you do decide to work with Texas DHIA, <clears throat> we are 100% always going to sign you up with DRMS, unless you have some sort of specific reason to want to process your herd with another processing center. Um, this is the one that we prefer, the computer programs that we have um, in our laboratories. Everything flows from the computer program over to the DRPC to DRMS. And uh, it's a very smooth and seamless. We can do it with the, um, the other dairy record processing companies, but we really prefer to stick with DRMS. We've been using them for a lot of years <clears throat> and it works really well for our goat herds. So here is how to get started with the 305 day testing. Um, something that I try to always be upfront about is that we really only work in the tri-state area. So if you are outside of Texas, Oklahoma, or New Mexico, we would be happy to refer you over to another lab. There's a lot of great labs in the United States that would be able to help you. Um, but we just, we have limitations and those are our limits. So it's pretty easy to get started here. Um, first thing is that Texas DHIA will only, we're only gonna work with two different test types and you wanna pick the one that works the best for you. So we're gonna go over that. Um, first test type that we work with is test type 40, which is owner sampler. This is really, um, for us, it's the most popular test type that we see. And it's also really flexible because you're not waiting for somebody else to come to your farm. You're able to do a test day whenever you're ready. Um, you test for yourself and you will still need a verification test once a year from an outside tester. The standard DHIR test, which is test type 20, um, Cassandra covered some of this, but um, this is where someone comes, someone who's outside of your dairy comes to test your herd. Um, chances are that you're gonna need to find this person. Um, it can be a neighbor, it can be a friend. We do have, um, Texas DHIA does have two rules about this. Um, first rule is that they have to be 18 or older. And the second rule um, we put in place because it's something that ADGA requires and that that person cannot be someone who is monetarily involved with your dairies, with your dairy, meaning that you have not bought or sold goats from this person and this person has not bought or sold goats from you. Um, ADGA considers that a conflict of interest. Also with the standard DHR test type 20, um, you will need a verification, a verification test by someone other than your regular tester. Um, I know that uh, Cassandra went over MDGA rules and that you didn't need 
um, if you were doing the, the monthly 305 test, which is also this test type 20, um, <clears throat> that you would not need a verification test. Uh, we follow AGA standards, so um, we, I always try to make sure and tell people you're going to need a verification test, no matter which test type you take. Um, but if you're most people that we work with, their animals are registered with ADGA and with MDGA. Um, I rarely see people just um, only register with MDGA. But if that's the case, we can definitely work with you on that. Um, we provide all the certifications for a tester. So um, if you want to be an owner tester, uh, owner, excuse me, an owner sampler, you would just email me. We would take care of that certification. Um, and if you are have a neighbor or friend who's going to be doing this for you, we would take care of that certification. There is, uh, Cassandra went over some of this, there's a difference in some star awards. I always refer people over to contact AGA for clarification on that. I have never really been given a, a solid or clear answer on that, but um, I do like to let people kind of know up front. Um, if they're looking for something specific, um, a specific type of uh, award, then you definitely want to contact AGA for that. So here are three steps. These are steps that I created a few years ago to, for, to get people to get started, because honestly, it's pretty easy. And I feel like sometimes it can get kind of muddled when you're trying to, you're trying to get, you're trying to get started and you're registering your animals here and you've got a long list of things to do and you're like, oh, that's like so much. So I try to make this really easy. So we'll just go over the three steps that we, um, that we require for you to get started. So the first step is to determine who your tester is gonna be. So if it's gonna be you, test type 40, where you're the owner sampler, or if you're gonna have someone else come and test your farm where it's test type 20, just email us and we will send you the test date guide and the test. And then you can send that back to us and we will get you certified. Um, if you happen to fail the test, we'll ask you <laughs> to do it again. It's, it's an open book test. It's really not, not too hard. The second step is to get a scale to test with. Um, so this scale is something that must be, it has to be an approved device from the Quality Certification Services, which is a division of National DHIA. They are the one who they are the ones who set um, all of our auditing rules. Um, your scale will need to be sent to us to be calibrated, even if it's brand new. Um, and the the scales are required to be calibrated once a year. We do sell scales if you're interested. They're about forty dollars each. It's also costing an additional eight dollars to calibrate. There's a five dollar accounting fee plus shipping back to you. And then the third step is once you do those first two things, um, we will send you a package with sample files, paperwork, and your scale, and then you can get started. So we try to make this process as simple as we can for you guys, because I know that there's a lot of other paperwork and things going on in the background. So <clears throat> this page here is an example that I like to send out with two people who are starting the 305 day testing. Um, and this, I'm going to kind of go over this, how to fill out your test date paperwork. Um, this first page here has, um, 
it has your milking times on it. It has an uh, area for transfer does and for new does. So the milking times, um, it's kind of right here in the middle of the page. You wanna make sure that you're putting when you start your milking and when you end your milking. So if you notice, there are two different milking times on here. There's a, a normally an AM and a PM milking. Um, this is something that we really encourage people to do on test day. And there's a reason for that. Um, you do not have to test, you do not have to milk your does twice a day, but on test day, we would prefer you to milk your does. The reason is, is because your does are actually going to give a little bit, they're going to give more milk in the morning and a little bit less in the evening, but in the evening milking, they're going to give more butter fat and you're going to have a more accurate sample when you collect them that way. Um, the next section here is transfer does. So a transfer dough, you would fill this, this section out. A transfer dough is a dough that you have purchased from someone else that was previously on test, meaning that that dough was getting, uh, was in the 305 day testing or even a one day test, but that dough um, has records on her. So the reason that we fill out this section here is so that when you purchase that dough, all those records now transfer over to you and you have access to that data. So the first thing that you do is you, I'm gonna see if I can get my pointer out here. So you wanna fill in the index number. Um, I know that you guys probably never use index numbers. You probably just call your Joe by, okay. <laughs> by, by her name. Um, but for record we do have to assign an index number to the animals. So you put your index number there. Then the next section here is for registration. You put her registration ID and then the BR stands for breed. You'll put the breed. You also have a box over here that has breed codes for you. You just refer to that. Then you put the name. And then for the transfer does, the next section next to her name, this is the, the previous um, herd code and the previous index number. So whoever you bought those does from, let's say you, you bought a doe from Michelle Taub. <laughs> and so you would need her herd code number and her and the index number that she had given to that doe. And that way the data flows over. So when you have when you complete your first test day, then when you get your reports, you will see all the previous test day data for that doe, which is pretty cool. Um, at the bottom here is where you put in new does. These are does that um, doesn't mean they're brand new, doesn't mean that you just bought them. It just means that they're entering the milking herd and that these are the does you're going to test. In fact, I've had some questions before about, well, I have 10 does in milk, but only five of them are registered. Um, do I have to test all 10? No, you don't. You can just test the ones that are registered that you're looking to get your awards for. Um, so you would list those does here. You assign them an index number, same as above, and then you would fill out their registration ID, their breed, name. Then the next part here is really important. Wanna also make sure that you have their birthday. You wanna have their sire information, the sire's breed, the dam's registration ID, and the dam's breed. You don't have to fill out anything else here. Um, that's the main information that we need.
sometimes uh, I do ask people, um, it can be a lot, especially on a first test, especially if you have a lot of dose. Um, sometimes I just ask people uh, because it's easier just to send over a copy of their registration paperwork and then we fill in all the information from there. Now this next slide here is the actual barn sheet that we ask people to fill out. And so at the top, you have the supervisor's signature. You can, if you're an owner sampler, you would sign it yourself um, or your tester signs it. The date of test. And then we'll start down here at the bottom. So the first thing that you wanna do is put in the your first dough. This one, we had assigned number 101 as an index. We put her um, registration ID right here in her breed. And then we're gonna fill in milk weights for both milkings right here. And when you fill out these milk weights, be sure that you're filling these out to the um, to the 10th pound. Um, nothing is counted to the 100th pound. Uh, sometimes I get milk weights with that. It's gonna be rounded up or down. So really um, the milk weights are only, they're only gonna be looking at to the 10th pound. Um, then you can assign a sample number and then the name of your dough. And then this next section here is pretty important. So we wanna know when your dough kitted um, or if there's been any sort of status change on her. You can find the status codes on the bottom left of your barn sheet. And I actually have it here on the screen. I made it kind of big. Um, so it shows status codes. Number two means kitted, number three is dried, and number five is left herd. The rest um, don't get used very often, but we definitely need to know, especially if it's your first test, um, when each one of your does kitted. So you would put a two under the status code, and then you would put the date that they kitted. Um, if you happen to dry a dough off, you would put a three right there, and then you would put the date that you dried your dough. Um, <clears throat> if you sold a dough or if a dough happened to die, you would put a five in the date that that event happened and she would no longer be in your herd. So I'm gonna go over a little bit of the testing with the 305 plan. So the 305 plan is really, um, it's a plan designed for cows. So for cows, there's 365 days in a year. Cows are supposed to milk 305 days and be dry for 60 days before they calve again. So that's why the plan is called 305, but we all know goats don't, goats don't milk that long. Um, but here are some things to remember about the 305 day tests. So um, these rules, again, kind of are go based on um, what ADGA, prefers, um, I believe the MDGA also prefers this also, um, but you really wanna have no less than eight tests in one year, plus your dry test. Um, something I tell people, I have people sometimes sign up kind of late in the year, and they think that it might be too late for them to get eight tests done, um, but that's not true. So uh, national DHIA rules state that you can test your herd every 14 days, that's every two weeks. So if something happens and you can't get your herd started in the spring when they're all kidding and then all of a sudden it's summertime and you're like, oh no, I only have, I'm only going to be able to milk my does for two or three more months before I have to dry them all off. 
um, I'm not going to be able to do this. I just got to do the one day test. Well, it's not really true. You can still do the 305 day test plan. Um, you can test your dose every other week. Sometimes we have people join late and they test every three weeks and they're able to get all eight tests done in one year. Um, also remember that after you've completed your eight tests, you want to you want to complete a dry test also. That signifies end of lactation for those does. Um, I always tell people also, you don't have to just stop at eight tests. If you want to do more, the more data, the better it is for you, the better it is for you to manage your does and the, the and if they're performing really well, especially, then the better the data, um, the better your chances for awards are. Um, that's right. Once you, I already kind of covered this, but once you dry off your does, you'll need to submit what's called a dry test to the lab. That's basically just your barn sheet that we showed on the page, uh, on the slide before, and you list in the, under the status code a three, and then the date that they all, that they dried. Um, I also went over this national DHI minimum test day is a period is two weeks. So if you need to squeeze in some testing or if you're kind of chugging along and you're like, oh no, they might dry up soon, you can test them every two weeks. Um, you'll need a verification test. And um, the verification test is gonna be completed sometime after you have completed three test days. It cannot be completed by your regular tester and it cannot be someone who is financially involved with your dairy. And again, this is kind of like certifying you or your tester, um, we can certify this person and they must be 18 years or older. You can, you can send in your verification paperwork in place of your normal paperwork. So you don't have to send us those green sheets that I just went over with you. Um, you can, whenever you do your verification test, you can actually just send us either the MDGA or the ADGA uh, verification paperwork and we'll take it from there. So, um, Cassandra also touched a little bit on this, but I want to go over it as well. The difference in 305 day testing and the one day test. So the 305 day testing, you need to have a minimum of um, a minimum of eight test days plus a dry test. ADGA and MDGA are they're going to look at the overall total average for your dose. And for this type of testing, you're going to qualify for more star awards. The one day test is just like it says, it's a one day test. It's, I always try to try to explain to people. So the one day test is basically just a snapshot of that dose performance for that day. And so if any of you guys have been testing or have worked with animals long enough, you kind of know that um, anything can affect how an animal performs. The weather, sounds, you got someone new in your barn, your animals might not give as much milk. Um, heat stress, especially when it's hot in the summer. Um, so one day test plan is good if you don't feel like you're ready to jump into the 305 day testing, um, or maybe you've got a lot going on in your life. You don't think you have enough time to do the 305 day testing. It's a great plan, but it is also just a one day snapshot as opposed to the 305 day testing where you've got several days of data that's gonna be averaged together. 
And the one day test also is going to qualify for less star awards. So some of you might be asking yourself, maybe you're um, on this webinar and you're wondering, why should I even milk test? Seems like a lot of work. <laughs> um, if your animals are registered, you may be required to test them. You can actually better manage mastitis in your does when you test regularly. As you're testing regularly and you're getting your milk test results, you can start to see a sudden spike in somatic cell count, which is almost always an indicator of mastitis. You can catch early infections and you can also catch those chronic infections. Maybe you have a doe that you've been treating her, she's not getting better. You test her again, you, you have your next test day, she's still high. Maybe after three or four test days, you say, man, either I gotta dry this doe up or I gotta sell her because she's constantly dealing with mastitis. You can also better manage any changes that you make to feeding your does. We have people, I've had people over the years try new feed and it's pretty, um, it's pretty incredible to see the data and how the animals react like immediately to changing feed. Um, and the more stars that your does earn and the better records that you keep, the more valuable your does and bucks become. So next, um, we're gonna look at how to read my results. So whenever your samples come to our laboratory, they are, we run them for what's called components. So the different components in the milk are butterfat protein, SCC, which is somatic cell count, mercury and nitrogen. There's also a few others that uh, data that comes across. It's uh, BHB and acetone, lactose, solids, non-fat, and total solids. So this is a spreadsheet. This is what it looks like when it comes off of our machine. Everything is put into a spreadsheet and it comes by in order of sample number. And then we will have all the data that I just listed to you um, on this spreadsheet. So ADGA and MDGA, they're in really even you. The main thing that you're really looking for that you want to look at is going to be the first three columns, which is fat, true protein, and somatic cell. So I don't even know that I don't even know that ADGA or MDGA even looks at somatic cell, but it would be good for you to look at somatic cell, as I mentioned earlier, to um, better manage your mastitis if you got mastitis running through your herd. Um, so on these results here, uh, you can look at the fat and true protein. Um, these are going to be indicators of how well your dough is doing. Now, this is real data. Um, this isn't something I made up. This is real data from a mini dairy goat herd um, that I wanted to show you guys. And just looking at this data, the raw data, um, I can tell there's something wrong with it. So I'm going to point something out here to you. So sample number three had 1.45% butter fat and 3.06% protein. So your, your butter fat should always, always be higher than true protein. So what this tells me, and there are several samples in this set, this collection here that were not, they were not collected properly. So either one of two things happened. Um, 
there's a possibility that number one, this dough was not milked out completely. The butterfat, the butterfat in the udder actually separates just like it does in a jar that sits on your counter. So it's going to rise to the top. The butterfat's going to be the last thing to come out of the udder. Um, and if you don't get it all out, you're not going to get an accurate fat reading. Um, that could be one reason why it looks like that. The other reason could also be because the once the milk was in the pail, it either wasn't stirred or mixed properly. If you don't do that properly, you're not going to get a proper butter fat result. And the reason you want to have good butter fat, number one, you're, it looks better on your animal. Number two, there's no reason it should be inverted. If, if uh, protein is higher than fat, there's an inversion there. Something is going on, and that is extremely rare for cows and for goats. Um, and then one of the one of the other biggest reasons is that the somatic cell count is actually found in the butter fat. So if you don't get an accurate butter fat reading, you're not going to get an accurate somatic cell count reading. So this example here that I just uh, shared, uh, 1.45% butter fat, 3.06 protein, the somatic cell is reading at 2 million. So chances are this uh, somatic cell result is actually going to be a lot higher. But because we didn't have an accurate butter fat reading, we're not going to have an accurate somatic cell count. Um, other things on this also that you will see, I'm going to show in the next slide as well, um, urea. Um, this herd actually has a little bit higher urea than I normally see for goat herds. Um, that goes back to what you're feeding your does, um, your animals. If you're feeding too much protein, I mean, really, they just urinate it out and you don't want to waste, <laughs> you don't want to waste anything extra that you're feeding your animals. Uh, BHB and acetone, this is not, um, there are readings that come off of our computer, but they're not something that, uh, is formulated for, for goats at the moment. Um, it is something that has been formulated for cows. I can't speak to the accuracy on goats. Um, it's used for ketosis analysis, um, excuse me, subclinical ketosis analysis for animals that are 30 days fresh. It's also gonna give a lactose reading in solids non-fat. I don't really have very many people using this data. Um, Sometimes nutritionists will use it. It's not something that I'm well-versed on. We're going to go to the next slide here. This is what's called a hot sheet. Um, whenever you test with our laboratory, this is something that you will receive. So at the top, I have some things highlighted here. I highlighted at the top where it says milk is, this is also a miniature breed herd. So milk is 2.3. What that means is that the entire herd is averaging 2.3 pounds of milk. And the, that herd is also averaging a fat of 5.2 and a protein of 3.9. Um, the hot sheet will put uh, your results in what's called SCS order. That is somatic cell count, oh, excuse me, somatic cell score order. We'll go over that in just a minute. Um, and then it gives a weighted average somatic cell count of 254. So overall, this herd, even though you can see it does have one high somatic cell count animal, the herd overall is performing at about 254,000 somatic cell count, which is 
is pretty good for goats. Um, so looking down at the next, uh, the next section here, it is, it's gonna start on the left with index. This is the index number that you have assigned to your dough. It's gonna have the barn name, which is what you guys are probably gonna mostly be looking at. Then it's gonna have, the next column is her milk. Um, this is gonna be the total milk that she gave for that day, not just AM. That's gonna be including AM and PM. And then it's gonna have her butter fat in the next column, protein in the column after that. SNF stands for solids non-fat. That's gonna be in the very next column. MUN is the milk urea nitrogen that we've just talked about. See, this herd is has a little bit lower MUN, um, averaging anywhere from 19 to 28. Um, the previous slide I had showed for a mini dairy goat herd was in the 30s, in the upper 30s. So that was a lot higher than I normally see. This, what you're seeing on your screen right now in the 20s is pretty, pretty average. Um, the next column is SCS, which is the somatic cell score. Um, somatic cell score is something that was developed by the National Mastitis Council. Um, it goes all the way from zero to 10. So, you know, if you got an animal with a nine or a 9.9, .9, she's definitely sick. <laughs> um, it correlates to the somatic cell count and how they have it. I don't know if I put a chart in here. We'll see on the next slide if I did. Um, but if you're ever interested in seeing that chart, um, I can get you that information. But what I normally tell people is you don't have to worry so much about the somatic cell score. You want to look at the next column here, which says count. That count is actually the somatic cell count. So that is the, that is the actual data, not a, not a score, um, not the score for the data. So you can see that this first animal here, spring, she has a count of 1393. So somatic cell count is actually, they don't ever tell you this, but um, it's multiplied by a thousand. So she's not actually 1,393 somatic cell count. She's actually 1,393,000 cell count. So her cell count is really high. Um, so that is an animal. Somatic cell count is almost always, probably 90% of the time, an indication of mastitis. So whenever we see stuff like that and people ask us, an answer that you're going to hear from me or anybody else on my staff is you need to consult your vet um, and have her checked out. And you may even want to start doing some plating, some bacteria testing on her. <clears throat> the next column is DIM. That stands for days in milk. So this animal um, is 22 days in milk. The next column is LAC for lactation. She's in her second lactation. Um, CAR is a, that's not something that you guys probably would use very often. It just stands for a condition affecting, um, a condition affecting, I can't remember. Um, if you ever have to estimate, do an estimation or anything, it would have an E right there. Um, it'd be really rare for anybody in the goat world to see anything in that column. Um, really these last Three columns would not be used, um, maybe unless you had a really large goat herd um, and you were trying to manage somatic cell. Um, the W slash zero or W slash O 
stands for without. So this spreadsheet, it does an algorithm. So if you were to get rid of spring that we've been talking about here, this goat spring, she had a somatic cell count of 1,393,000. If you were to get rid of her, this spreadsheet calculates that your herd average would go down from 254 somatic cell count to 141. And that is showing the next column is a percent that is showing that spring is making up 49.8% of that somatic cell score. So if you were to cull her like uh, like we would in a, a cow herd, um, that would drastically help your somatic cell count if you were having somatic cell count issue. Um, and then the bottom, the bottom row there is just an average for everything. Pretty self-explanatory. So I'm going to move on to the next slide. Oh, well, I think I'm at the end. <laughs> Um, I think I covered everything. Michelle, did you want to take back over? Yes. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, you'll be getting result, a uh, test for me probably next week. We're going to do, okay. um, our first test this, this weekend. Awesome. So we did have a question from one of our, our members. Let me go through the chat here. They were asking, um, what number do they want to keep the somatic cell count for their dough? What what number do we want to keep it at or below? So I have a I actually have a couple of different um, resources. I don't have them on my laptop. They're on my desktop at my office. Um, but really, you want probably I would say probably below 500, but I don't know that that's a great answer. Um, goats naturally have a higher somatic cell count uh, than cows. So like if this was a cow, I mean, she'd definitely be gone. Um, yeah. she, she, she'd be cold, but <laughs> um, I've seen where they're perfectly healthy at six or 700,000 somatic cell. Okay. That's so if we see... The answer. <laughs> that I can give you, that's the best answer I can give you at the moment without my other documents in front of me. Okay, so let's see, we have some others. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see, someone wanted to know for how long does it take to get certified for testing? That's that's actually overnight, like email you and you have yeah, the results it's, like the next day. Yeah, I, I do it as fast as I can. Um, sometimes I'm bogged down, I um, so it just depends, but definitely two or three days at the max. Yeah, I'm, I, for my testers, I get new testers every year and I generally try to get them to take the test. Like I have kids on the ground. I need to take your test, chop, 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 mm -hmm. you know? So that's about the time I do it is when the kids are on the ground. And I usually try to wait 30 to 45 days before I do my first test. Um, Somebody wanted to know what is the code for many, many Nubians on the 305. And I had the same question myself. There's oh. no code. Yeah, there's no code for many Nubians. Mm. That's a good question. Hang on, let me see if I can get back to my slide. Let me escape out of here. I thought there was some chatter that there was a new thing for minis yeah can we just put in mn uh you know what that's right I forgot I think I got a list last year 
Um, I don't remember. I want to say that. Um, is it Sandra? You have to correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Sarah over at the MDGA that helps with the registration paperwork? They have several registrars. Yeah. There's a Carrie would know better. Or maybe it's Sue. I can't remember. But there's a lady I've worked with for a lot of years that um, she did send me that list last year and I completely forgot. Um, the form that I use is a form that DRMS sends out. Um, but if you have many Nubians, it's okay to go ahead and put, um, this is this is a kind of another reason why I ask people, go ahead and just send me a copy of your registration paperwork and then we can make sure that we enter the data correctly. Okay. Um, someone asked, um, well, Alyssa asked, for the test type 20, does she need to have a verification tester and a regular tester? Yes. Okay, so she needs two testers for yes, the one-day test. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Not for the one-day right. test. That's for the 305 test. That's for the 305. One-day test, yes. you just need one one verification, one that's tester. That's correct. You're just yeah. having one test one day. That's correct. So you said they have to be 18 years or older. Um, that's a requirement that we have, yes. And that they cannot have goats from you, have, you know, no money changing hands. Right. But, but you didn't mention they're not supposed to be related to you either, correct? They can be related. I thought that was a thing that you could. Well, so I <laughs> well uh, National DHIA changed the rules about five years ago that you can't be related. So if AGA has a rule against that, then uh, I did not know. <laughs> okay. I have to, I have to ask Cassandra. Um, is Cassandra still online? Is that a thing with MDGA? Uh, MDGA has moved to um, herds follow, testers following the DHI, national DHI rules. And some labs, we actually emailed several labs and asked their rules on it. And it actually kind of varied between labs. So we, we had the testers refer to the lab that they're testing with. Okay. So if we're using Texas DHIA and like my daughter, I could have my daughter take the test and become my tester. Yes. That's something that we're okay with. Okay, and then MDGA would accept the test, Cassandra. Yes, uh, all we all we require is your tester certification. So if your lab test gave you a certification, then you are good to go. That just made my life easier. Thank you. <laughs> Can I uh, address Kelly's question real quick about yes, the read code? Um, we have a document for CDBC and all that. Uh, online that tells you how to do your breed code for many Nubians. And oh. I, can, uh, I can make that available to whoever needs it. Excellent, thank you. Um, <clears throat> so let's see, Catherine asked, are you able to do a 305 day test on some does as well as a one day test on other does in the same year? You can do two different tests, right? I would think so. I would might refer to Cassandra about this, but it, let's say you have, let's say you have 10 does. This was my example earlier. You have 10 does and you only have five that are registered and you want to do the 305 
testing on those five does. Um, if you happen to have another one in your herd that's not on the 305 day testing, I think it would be okay to do the one day test, but I don't know that you want to mix that up. I don't know that you want to have an animal on 305 and the one day test, but if you have an animal in your herd that you want to do a one day test, that's not on the 305 day test, I would think that would be okay. I think that would be a, ex, a lot of extra work. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we have members that are on 305 that will do a one day in addition. Um, their reasoning usually is if something happens and they cannot complete their 305, oh, sure. they've done a one day and gotten their star. Um, and that and makes sense too. That makes sense, yes. And you can also do it as your verification test. You can do the one day at the same time as your verification. Yeah. And so I do want to point out, kind of ask like the whole milk testing thing when we go through MDGA, if you submitting everything with MDGA, of course, is to you're working towards those milk stars. But if you're just looking to get some data on your, you know, your herd practice, you don't have to go through MDGA. You can just submit the samples to Beth at mm -hmm. Texas DHIA for the data, correct? Yes, we work with a lot of herds who um, maybe they're not ready for any of this and they just want to manage their animals. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're, we're in the dairy herd improvement business. So anything that helps you manage your animals better, yes, we can help you with that. The only thing that we, the only thing that we don't do is we don't really work with the public per se. Um, you have to have, um, animals. <laughs> um, so like we, sometimes I get random phone calls or like, I bought this gallon of milk and I want to test it. I'm like, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't yeah. Do that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not, it's ultra pasteurized. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jade asked if the one day test, um, is it 70 points for standards? Uh, do you use the same, uh, this is a question for Cassandra. Do you use the same formula for 305 that you do for the one day test is it the same point system um the one day is by points the 305 is by production of butterfat but okay. it is not i am not sure what adga does as far as their points i don't know how many you know i don't i don't know the qualifications for their one day um but for minis it's 70 points or Nigerians, uh, 55 since MDGA does do Nigerians. Yeah, that's okay. what I was going to say, Michelle. It looks like we've got a, we have a lot of AGDA folks on the phone. Um, but definitely, um, we, we geared this more for our minis with the MDGA. Minis, yeah. yeah. So any AGDA questions, definitely, um, you know, look in your guidebook and reach out to AGDA on those. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Um, There's a lot of ADGA questions here. Mm -hmm. um, so someone's asking, is there any consideration at your lab for making goat-specific testing paperwork, or is there just not enough goats being tested to make it worthwhile? Um, I don't, sorry, I don't really understand the question. Like, um, well, I, I think because the sheets, the results are geared towards cows. Right, yeah. Yeah. Is there 
And in future, will any of the paperwork be geared towards goats? Mm, That's a good question. That's an industry question. And that's something that's been discussed at a lot of meetings that I attend. Um, There's supposed to be some work going on between National DHIA and ADGA. But I, I don't know for all those who are on this who are involved with ADGA, Um, There's been a lot of changes since 2020. People who had been with ADGA for 20 plus years left and it's kind of a mess. So I don't know when that's going to happen. Something that I did forget to mention early on in my presentation is that all of our equipment is calibrated for cows. And I do try to let people know that up front. Um, There are calibrations out there for goats specifically, but most people, even um, even the people at ADGA say that the data is fine. Um, so I really don't know. We're not getting enough um, goat herds to move the data towards cows. Also, really, truthfully, if you look at the statistics, there's way more cows in the United States than goats. <laughs> so it's a big business. So I, I don't know yeah. if I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, Langston University, um, some of you may have heard of or worked with before. Um, they are goat specific. They work only with goats and they have a research program over in Oklahoma. Um, you might reach out to them. They may have better information for you. Okay. And someone wants to know, um, they looked at their uh, result sheet and they don't have the weighted average a mm-hmm. somatic cell count or the uh, without or percentage. Yeah. Because that's geared for cows, right? Yeah, it is. But uh, that's one of my customers. I'll send it over to her. I messaged her. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and how do most people compensate their testers? I think that's something that um, someone asked that question. I think that's something you should talk with your tester about. Um, that's like a, like a personal thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I see you already answered her question. (laughs) Um, Someone wants to know about, they still have a question regarding verifiers. Can you go back over that real quick? Um, If they're an owner sample or 40, they only need two testers. They don't need a third tester. They only need two testers, correct? So if you're an owner sampler, that means you are the tester for your herd. So, so you, you you would need to be certified and then you need to find one more person to do your verification test. Okay. I think that's what I am. That's what I have. I, I took the test a while back. I'm certified, but I always get two every year. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessary, but if you want to, that's fine. Well, I had one day where one came in the morning and the other one came in the evening. Um, and I just had the one that finished it out, signed the paperwork. So, so something just to explain to everybody, um, the verification tester really is to is put in place to verify your herd, especially if you're an owner sampler, making sure you're not trying to make numbers look more than they are. So like if you have many goats and they're giving 10 pounds, it's a little questionable. So that's part of what the verification test is there for. It's the same with the standard type test 20. Um, it's just another person coming. It's kind of almost like an audit. It's just having someone different come onto your farm to make sure that the data is accurate. 
and that you're not trying to uh, <laughs> skew the numbers. So um, I have a question. I have a dough that I'm going to be put on a milk test, but she will be sold in milk. Do I need to assign her like an index number if the new owner wants to test her? Um, so if you have any animal on test, she has to have an index number. But if she's not going to be on any type of test, then you don't have to assign a test number so or an index number. So the form that I have when um, that I fill in from MDGA, there's no index number on there. It should uh, be on your um, actual lab paperwork, Michelle. Oh, it's on the lab paperwork. Okay. Yes. I, I always just, I don't, I look at somatic, somatic cell count and protein. Those are the two things <laughs> I, I zone in on, uh, on the, uh, on the data. So I'm really excited. I want to see what the data for me is this year, because um, I, uh, I, I added the mastitis vaccine to my goats, um, their vaccination schedule. So I want to see if that changes anything because some of them I'm testing that I tested last year. So I have last year's data to compare that to. Yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll have to do a round two milk testing uh, 102 and uh, follow up on some of these things. Yeah, was... uh, so someone's asking about going through DHI for test and verifications through MDGA. You actually go through your DHIA, they submit, they take a test and submit it. They can scan it and email it to Beth and she grades it. You know, she's like this, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz, she does it all. But um, <laughs> she submits everything to MDGA. So they get, they, the surf. She sends the certificates, the scale certified, everything to MDGA. She'll send it to you also as a backup. So yeah, Beth takes care of you. And Amber had another question that Cassandra answered in the chat. I'm just going to read that out loud for anyone listening, not being able to see the chat. Um, the question was on owner sampler for the one day. Um, so there's not an owner sampler for the one day. Owner sampler is only for 305. So if, um, and I know kind of, one day samples, uh, one day tests are kind of the the gateway, right? The gateway mm -hmm. drug to um, milk testing. So a lot of folks start there with the one day, uh, but you would have to have a separate certified tester. And that's where it's best to have that neighbor or um, a friend um, do that for you. So I hope that answers your question there, Amber. Um, any other questions? Um, let's see, I'm going to Stop sharing Beth's screen. Oh, yes. And, or if you can stop and then. Yes, I'm gonna, I can stop it. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I'm going to share one more thing. And then, so any other questions, feel free to type those. Uh, we'll kind of last call for that. And then um, go take it away, Michelle. Yeah, I do want to mention I am currently working on some other classes. Um, one I'm trying to put together in April is base is uh, looking at using uh, herbs uh, in in the management of our goats, whether it be for parasite control or you know just overall health. I know a lot of us use like fur meadows or land of Havila. Um, I always say the name wrong, but I am reaching out to them and I am in contact with them about putting on a class uh, discussing 
different types of herbs and, you know, natural remedies, as well as, uh, why, you know, fecal testing. Um, and then this summer, I'm also talking to one of the professors over at UC Davis who does the genetic testing. And MDGA does offer some, they have like a contract with UC Davis for like casein testing or G6S testing. And so I'm working on putting a class together for that. And if any of you have anything that you would like for me to, to try to research, see if I can't put a class together, uh, please send me an email and let me know and I will see what I can do, what I can put together. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. Um, thank you, Cassandra. Thank you, Beth. Uh, this was just awesome. I hope everyone enjoyed our first Texas Mini Milker Education Series, uh, which was milk testing. And um, I've got our contact information there on the screen. Um, Cassandra is also a TMM member, but there's her um, MDGA email. Um, Beth's email is there, beth at texasdhia.com. Let me read out uh, Cassandra's as well. Hers is milktest at minidairygoats.org. Uh, for Michelle, she's got a lot of great ideas in the works, but if you've got a good idea, something that you want to hear about, feel free to reach out to her at education at texasminimilkers.org. And I am Carrie O'Neill. They somehow elected me president of this great club. Uh, you can reach me at president at texasminimilkers.org. And I'm also the host of the Mini Dairy Goat podcast. So just so excited to be partnering with Texas Mini Milkers and bringing all this education. If you've got more ideas, definitely reach out to us. And with that, we'll conclude today's call. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Mini Dairy Goat Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for our new episodes. Share the podcast, tell all your goat friends about us, rate and review the podcast, and also you can hit us up on our Facebook page, Mini Dairy Goat Podcast, for more information and show notes. Thank you so much and happy goating.